Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Alrighty, well, good afternoon on the Gospel for Life. Um, we are continuing to answer questions from our listeners, um, and if you would like to submit one to us that so we could answer on air, just email us at info at ReformationVoice.com. I wonder, is that email even working? <laughs> Somebody, I don't know. To, Let's have some people try it out. <laughs> Somebody, yeah, one of our listeners, ten of our listeners, all ten. Yeah, please send us an email. <laughs> give them the give it one more time, Josh, because I'm sure they want to know. Info at reformationboise dot com. Yep, that's right. I would give you my phone number, but I don't trust you. So <laughs> anyway, okay. Um, yesterday we asked a question about hell and. We talked about the reality of hell from Scripture, and we kind of ended on the different degrees of punishment in hell. So today is the flip side of that coin. Um, first of all, how many different – are there different levels of reward in heaven? But before we get there, I'm going to pull a card from your deck right there, Russ, which is it, what is heaven, right? What is the what is the biblical concept of heaven? Because there's lots of misconceptions from fanciful stories and accounts that exist out there. So what is heaven, brothers? I'm just going to start by just saying that I think we need to be careful about basing our view on what heaven is on the quote-unquote experience of those that have been there. Um, So we know certain things are true right now, and what we know right now is that there is no one that is bodily in the presence of God. So we know that People are not body and soul before God until after the second coming, the parousia of of Jesus Christ. And so anybody that writes books today that talks about that they've seen somebody running through fields of daisies or dandelions or lilies or wherever they are um, can't be true. It's impossible because it contradicts the clear teaching of the Word of God. There is no one bodily in heaven except for Jesus Christ right now. And we have to maintain that because that's what the Bible teaches. So let's just be clear that most of what you read in in books today about um, 30 seconds, 30 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever, in in heaven, heaven, probably you shouldn't read. And for sure, you shouldn't be getting your foundational aspects of what heaven is because they clearly contradict what the Word of God teaches. Yeah, yeah, let let me just add to that, Russ. Uh, first of all, a hearty amen. And secondly, um, near-death experiences are just that, near-death. Uh, the Bible says it's given to a man once to die, and then comes the judgment uh, in the book of Hebrews. So uh, near-death is not death, re- regardless of what someone may say. Or- Boy, if you start quoting Prince's Bride at this point... <laughs> <laughs> He's only I mostly was, dead. I was just going to go there. 
<laughs> Mostly dead, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jonathan, you want to weigh in? Um, no, I would just simply agree with them. And I think that what we're looking for is the new heavens and the new earth that are coming down from heaven above. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when we think of heaven and eternity, oftentimes um, there are those you know, false views of, you know, sitting on a cloud and that sort of thing. And people don't really have a concept of, of this. But and, and we really can't ultimately get a, a concept because I has not seen or heard what God has prepared for them that love him. Right. Um, but he but, you know, this the, the best of this world is the is would be the worst of hell. Yeah. And and that so we're looking forward to something even greater and more magnificent than what we can. I want to experience here. I want to emphasize something you just said. Um, now, you guys might not like this book. I liked it because I just took it for what it was. But Randy Alcorn has a book called Heaven. He gets into a little bit of speculation in the book, but he tells you when it's speculation, yeah. and so I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with that. Right, right. But one of the things that he emphasizes in that book is that a lot of people have this idea that heaven is this you know, place of uh, disembodied spirits. Now, no doubt, I, I want to say amen to what Russ just said about how in the intermediate state, we don't have our resurrected body yet. Mm-hmm. But as Jonathan just pointed out, at the new heavens, the new earth, that's going to be very, very physical. God made us in the beginning to be uh, a, a combination of body and spirit, and he said it's very good. And in the the new heavens and the new earth, there's still going to be physicality. It's, mm-hmm. In fact, it's going to be more real, in, mm-hmm. if I can use that as a, yeah. in a playful sense, than it is right now. And so um, the new heavens and the new earth is going to be the most glorious thing that any of us have ever experienced because it's going to be um, God's people in the presence of, of Jesus Christ himself. C.S. Lewis kind of uh, does a take on this when he talks about how we might have longings that don't get satisfied, which right. would which is an indication we were created for something more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't have the exact quote, but that you know there are, you know, we have anticipations of different events in our life, or uh, we have certain satisfactions looking forward to it, and then when we uh, achieve that. It, there's a, a sense of emptiness. It just didn't fill the vacuum that we had. We were created for something greater than that, and yeah. that was is what God's eternal plan is. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the one of the first things to do, as with any lots of other uh, biblical truths, um, sort out what the Bible teaches from common cultural conceptions, and particularly with heaven, eliminate from your mind, uh, Christian. Uh, people in white robes sitting on clouds plucking harps, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the cartoon image of heaven. And, um, you know, the Bible uses images, and even there's even white robes in some of those images. Um, but um, the, the primary thing about heaven is that, is that we're going to be in a, in a paradise, in a, in, a, in a place of glory and wonder and love, uh, and we're going to be with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that's the key. We're yeah. going to be with Jesus, and uh, in 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 the in the presence of God in the way that we have not yeah. been here in in this world. And part of that imagery, it says there's not going to be a sun because uh, Christ is going to be the sun. You know, yes. we're, we're we're going to find our light in Him. Uh, that's that's imagery. Um, you know, we're things that we're told in God's Word that you know it's. Hard to put into words those things that yes. are indicated to right. us. Right. 
Well, I think then people come into the book of Revelation and then try to take the, the, the descriptions that are there and say, well, that's exactly what heaven is going to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, the book of Revelation is a book of imagery. Yes. And what it's doing is it's painting a picture. It's trying to capture what was taught by Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, that, that no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And it's using things that are so beautiful and glorious here on earth and saying that this is what heaven is. It's glorious and it's a place of splendor. It's a, it's a place where, like, think of something like gold and saying, well, the streets of, of heaven are paved with gold. Really? I don't think so. No. It's just trying to capture an image that right. what we value is so small compared to what heaven will be. And that's the picture you're supposed to walk away with from in, in Revelation. Not that there are literally gates made of precious jewels. And there are things no. that are there are things that are going to be missing there. You know, I mean, the pain and sorrow are going to be gone. He's going to that's wipe right. the last tear from our eye. You know, we're not going to be experiencing uh, those things again. Yeah. Well, another another image from the Book of Revelation. That's it's an image. It's a teaching image. It's not to be taken literally talks about heaven as a great city kind of and it describes it as a giant cube coming down uh and i don't think heaven is going to be a giant cube what it's what it's conveying is that history uh, uh, rather heaven heaven is a city which means it's a social reality we will be together in unity the way that god intended from the beginning you see if i if i was to cook up heaven on my own um it, it, apart from god's revelation with my own selfish soul, if I was to cook up heaven on my own, it would be a mountain meadow with a babbling brook. And the key thing about it is you're not there. I've got it all to myself. <laughs> That's why it's heaven. In, in my sin-twisted <laughs> imagination. I'm, I'm trying to take this in the best possible yeah, way. Yeah, I know are you guys you a, are. Are you a pastor? Yes. <laughs> 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 and I've got it all to myself. That is my sin-twisted imagination. No, heaven mm. is a city. Not 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 literally, like it's going to look like well, one of our cities here today. Although I, but, I, but I wouldn't be, be surprised if it did. I mean, yeah. I, Well, sure, I won't be surprised no. either. But the point is... Like we're moving from garden to city in one sense. Well, uh, yeah, you know, the point is it's going to be every trial. It's going to be an unnumbered, a, a number no man can, can count. Yeah from every tribe and tongue and nation, and we're going to be together in unity, the unity that God intended from the beginning. Right. And there's going to be no resentment. There's going to be no competition. There's going to be no violence. Uh, We're going to be bonded together in the presence of Christ. That's what it means when it says heaven is a city. Yeah, it's interesting that in uh, the chapter in Hebrews on faith in chapter 11, um, you know, when we're told that Abraham is looking forward to the promise this is what he's looking for, for he was looking forward to the city whose foundation and whose designer and builder is God. Uh, there's a uh, – it, it is – it's going to be ultimate perfection. And I think the essence of, of heaven, and this would probably take care of most of the questions that people ask, is the essence of heaven is, is God. Yes, and so a lot of our questions dealing with heaven deal with the peripheral, the, the, the sideshow – but when we really begin to understand that the lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land, a lot of these other questions fall away. Um, the original question was, are there different levels in, in heaven? Well, I think there there may be, but 
I would quickly want to put a little asterisk on that and say, but there's never an issue of dissatisfaction in heaven because if you think about it as a cup, everybody's cup will be full. I just think some people are going to have larger cups. Yeah. I mean, I, I think – you know, I might have a, a an eight ounce cup, and 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 Josh and and Phil and Jonathan might have sixteen ounces, and the Apostle Paul might have a forty six ouncer, but everybody's cup is full because they're all all of us will be wholly enamored with Jesus Christ, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's heaven. Yeah, let me just give you a, a, a text. I agree with that. I love that imagery. Like in First Corinthians three, Paul's talking about on that day, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's work will be tested by fire. And uh, that which survives the fire, a person will be rewarded for. If if someone comes through the fire with no reward, he'll be saved. Um, but as through the fire, his soul will be saved. Jonathan Edwards wrote a really good, great sermon. I would recommend it to anybody. It's called Heaven is a World of Love. It's a fairly easy sermon. If you've never read Edwards before, it's a good introductory sermon. But in that sermon, he wrestles with the idea of, okay, let's take that view for granted that people do have, you know, different levels of reward. Well, then how can there not be envious and uh, people be envious and jealous? Because that's what we experience down here. And his answer is is basically this, that greater size of cup is um, a, a, the soul's um, holiness, his, his, his soul's closeness to Christ. And so the, the saints that have a, a greater holiness, so to speak, that greater size cup, they naturally love those who have a smaller cup than them and those who have the smaller cup naturally are more attracted to those who are who look more like the lamb and so there's this still this unity and and of love and harmony in heaven and i don't know if you guys buy that but i i thought it was a great sermon well i think the focus you know we were we're told about different crowns that we will receive in heaven you know the crown of righteousness and the whole purpose of those crowns is we use them to serve the lord we cast them at his feet it's not so that we get receive glory from it. Yeah. it you know we we are using the gifts that he has to continue to serve him throughout eternity. Amen. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 